Let's see if he figures it out today. Doesn't sound like it, Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. I haven't seen anybody in the water today. Oh, am I the kiss of death on that? Of course I am. Okay. I can do worse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chasing Par podcast. I'm your host, Cole, and I'm joined by my brother, Alex. And we are a new podcast of the scene here. Uh, we're going to be covering golf, pretty much everything there is to do with it. Uh, everything from the PGA Tour all the way down to amateur tours. Uh, we also want to cover the game of golf what we love about golf, equipment, where to play, where to get the most bang for your buck, and, uh, you know, how to just, just share the stories of the game and, and to grow the game. What do you think about that? That sound all right to you? Yeah, I'm loving it, man. Excited to talk about golf and uh, kind of engage some of our fans who are also out there chasing par just like us. Exactly, and I think that's the, the beauty of the name here and what it means to me personally, chasing par. It's the process, man. It's the process of the game. It's a game that you can play from your, your youngest age. You hear stories of three, four, five, all the way up to your dying day. And you're chasing that same thing. You want to shoot under, you know, under par. You want to shoot par. You just want to break 90. I mean, there's a, what is it, a 10% of people actually break 100 on a golf course. Is that what they say? That's yeah, pretty wild. It's such a slim number that I think you, you hit it on the head, right? It's a continual chase throughout your career and it's never going to be good enough. Even once you hit par, right? And then it's how, how low can I go? Um, so it's a never ending journey. Exactly. And what makes me nervous is that I hear about all these people that once they break, they, they shoot par, then they're nervous to go low. So that's the, that's a whole nother level. And maybe 10 years down the road, now we're doing a uh, chasing 10 under is the name of the podcast, but who knows by then. It'd be a beautiful problem to have though. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot, cannot disagree with you. Exactly. So let's jump in to our first podcast. We kind of got lucky here with our timing and we are going to go with a president's cup preview. First off, are you excited for the president's cup? I am, you know, golf season's back in swing. Um, you know, the President's Cup's not an event that gets as much glory as it probably should, just due to the fact that it's a little bit overshadowed by the Ryder Cup. But I'm pretty fired up, man. I mean, they're down under. We got the time difference uh, kind of working in our favor on the East Coast, right? We got, like, get home from work golf. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty amped up. I mean, you want to sh- tell us a little bit about where we're playing down there in Melbourne? So we're going to be at uh, Royal Melbourne Golf Club in Black Rock, Victoria, Australia. This place is historic, and from everything that I've heard, uh, Victoria is one of the sporting capitals of Australia. It's it's big. This is going to be a big draw. And like you said, for us here in America, this is prime time golf, perfect timing to you know to watch golf down there. Though down under in Australia, this is you're in the heart of the sporting world for Australia. So like I said, it's at uh, Royal Melbourne Royal Melbourne Golf Club. Uh, it's a 36-hole facility. You have a West course that was designed in 1931 by uh, the highly esteemed Alistair McKenzie. Uh, the East course was designed in 1932 by Alex Russell. Who was Alex Russell to Alistair McKenzie? Any idea? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe his long-lost cousin, but yeah, no. <laughs> can't even hold a candle to Alistair McKenzie, but glad that we gave him a little shout-out on the podcast at least. <laughs> So Alex, or so Alex Russell was Alistair McKenzie's right-hand man when he built the West Course, and he did a lot of work with them. So Alex Russell, I guess when it, you know when they started to build the East Course, Alistair gave the reins to Alex. You know he kind of had the vision and knew what they what they wanted to do with the land. Uh, the interesting thing about Royal Melbourne is that it is a for the tournaments they do a composite course, uh, which is a mix of East and West holes. So they you try to keep it all in one. I, from my understanding and my overhead view of the course is that it's pretty spread out. You got to cross some streets and go through different paddocks and different areas of the of, of country to get to different parts of the courses. So they condense them all down. I want to say there's something like 21 available holes where they're playing at right now in the composite course. So it kind of rotates around on what holes they're going to use. 
Mm, interesting. I mean, the PGA Tour could take a nod from this, right? We've got great facilities like Pinehurst, the Pebble Beaches, where we've got a few courses you, that are so close to one another. You could almost do this sort of intermingling of holes to, to build like one super track. I'd be curious. I think Pinehurst would probably be a, a prime spot for it. Is it? Imagine a all along the coast Pebble oh. composite course. Yeah, I mean, Just you, run the coast. Oh. Everything that plays back towards it. You, you'd get, you could get Pebble, Cypress links at Spanish Bay all flowing into one. Uh, it'd be the greatest 18 holes of golf if they ever did that. You might need some, you might need to allow the players to use carts, but yeah. Hey, we can make something happen here. Yeah. We can dream, right? We can yeah, dream. Absolutely. All right. So like I said, this, and this is the third time that the uh, president's cup is being held at Royal Melbourne. And I don't want to start harping on this already, but 1998, uh, the Americans lost their one and only President's Cup at Royal Melbourne with uh, with Freddie Boom Boom really? couples. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's one of our that's our only loss. We've had a, we've had one tie uh, in the past, so we're ten one and one right now. And the only loss came at Royal Melbourne, but we'll get into that a little bit more down the road. Uh, the the President's Cup mirrors the the Ryder Cup pretty similarly uh, in a format style. It's spread out over four days rather than the three of the Ryder Cup. And uh, you have your four ball. That's on your first day, which is your, you know, then you've got on Friday, they go foursomes. Saturday is four ball, then foursomes. And then Sunday, everybody's favorite, the singles matches. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a gambler's paradise, right? Tons of golf slinging it around here, right? The four balls, it's you and your partner, whoever's producing the best score up against the two you're going against sort of match play style. And then I, I, a personal favorite of mine is foursomes, right? I want to see the alternate shot. I want to see these guys putting pressure on their partners, uh, guys kind of digging each other out of holes. I think it's an underappreciated format in the game. And I think a lot of hackers out there could actually benefit from getting a little alternate shot going with their buddies, really get to learn who your friends are, what type of character uh, they, they're really made of. Um, but I think that's great. And then you get the good mix of four ball and foursomes. And then obviously Sunday is, you know, loaded guns, 12 singles matches. Let's go toe to toe, see who can knock the other guy down. Um, obviously the U S has had a great handle on that over the years with their record, but, um, just a great formats, as you mentioned, mimics the Ryder cup. Um, definitely something that, you know, as this as this event begins to grow more and we see more of the international presence as as opposed to you know typically the European presence, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, East Asian players coming out of the game. The Australians have obviously had a great run, South Africans as well. So we're getting much more diversity. I know now this year we've even got um, South America involved with the Chileans. So looking forward to it. Yep, you got the the Canadians, our, our brothers to the north, represented this year as well on the international team. Yeah. Um, just to mimic what you were saying, if you've not played alt shot with your buddies, you need to get out there and do it. It is the ultimate wild card experience. It is a blast. It, it's pressure. It's fun. You'll laugh. It, it definitely, like you said, you can learn a lot about your own game and you know your buddies and all that. So definitely, if you haven't played the the foursomes, get out there and do it. Uh, but like we said, I mean, you alluded to it earlier on that the President's Cup doesn't carry the same punch as the President's Cup or the, the excuse me. The President's Cup does not carry the same punch that the Ryder Cup has. Why? I mean, what do you think? Is it just the length or is it the style or is it the players? What do you what do you what do you chalk it up to? I know it's um I think obviously tradition plays a huge factor in, right? We, we, the Ryder cup is a phenomenal, much longer tradition. Um, <clears throat> I don't think these Australian courses uh, get the hype that they really should. I know we're seeing a lot more pop up in that part of the world, the, the Terra Edies of the world in New Zealand. Um, I, I think we're seeing a lot of great stuff down there, Cape kidnappers, but I, they don't have the hype, but they're, they're, they're coming into the men and I, you got to shout out Instagram, right? Like we're getting beautiful pictures of golf courses um, down by Australia and New Zealand, that part of the world that, that are really bringing them into the map. Um, but yeah, definitely doesn't have the same hype. It could be the time of year that it happens. Uh, I'm not too sure what to chalk it up to. I think it's funny that you said that uh, you get two courses on New Zealand where you're two highlights, but like we talked about Instagram highlights the, the Australian sand belt is full of great courses. Um, 
there's you know numerous down there like you said thanks to instagram we're getting exposed to this thank you to drone footage we're getting experience i agree i don't i don't know if it's because it's december or it's just the history involved i personally am going to go out on a limb and say i think it's the caliber of player yeah that's a that's a fair assessment you know when you when you want to build a team an international team and then you say no europe i mean you're cutting out the top the top players in the world are getting cut out I mean, just looking at the lineup right now, the highest-ranked international player on the team this year is what? Adam Scott at 18? Yeah, you, you've got, <clears throat> you know, where the highest-ranked uh, American going into this weekend is, I think, Kutra at 24th. I mean, you, everyone else for the internationals is 20s, 30s, 50s, all the way down to, I think, uh, Tong Lee at 65. Um so you've definitely got, from a world golf ranking perspective, you've got a lot more prestige on the U.S. side. Um, but these international guys are gritty, and they've got nothing to lose, right? Everyone's saying you have no chance. Um, they're in a pretty nice underdog situation. Uh, but coming back to what you were talking about, how do we make this turn? You know, what would you do to make this tournament more popular? I understand the whole process of, well, the Europeans get the Ryder Cup and the internationals get the – you know, the the remaining countries get the President's Cup. Why not make, like, the World Cup or, like, some, you know, the Earth Cup or you know, something where it's every – or just call it everybody versus America. Let's call it that. Let's call it what it is. Get the 12 best players that are not American against the 12 best players from America. Why not? Why can't we see that? I think that's honestly a genius idea. Um, you know, obviously, Ryder Cup, like I said, has a bunch of tradition. is a great thing, but really – what we're trying to see here is the U.S. versus the world. So if we had some sort of Earth Cup, I don't know what we'll call it, but um, something similar to that. And then I was thinking, you know what? If we're not going to reach the prestige of the Ryder Cup, what if we just spiced up the format a little bit, right? What if we did some sort of club challenge where you get to take clubs out of the other guy's bag based on a set number of holes? What if we did uh, like a cumulative score between the partners instead of just a straight-up four ball? Different types of things – and golf formats that could make things a lot more interesting um, to give this a flair. If we're going to keep it, what it is today. I agree. What's the, uh, you've got the PGA tournament. What is it? The Barracuda shootout out there. That's a Stableford style points. I mean, why can't we play the, like, like you said, I mean, it's, we're still playing golf, you know, let's spice it up. Let's make it fun. We try what do they try to do? The team event down at the Zurich. Let's incorporate some of those fun things into the, into the president's cup while still keeping it competitive and professional. But use the stuff that the people are do- like that. Hey, I, when I go out and hack it around with my buddies on a Saturday, we kind of do the same thing. I mean, make it super relatable. Yeah, agreed. Like, hey, what about uh, mulligans? What about breakfast balls? What about the, 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 the usual <laughs> shit that gets us golfers by? Um, how do we incorporate that in the game? How about hot dogs at the turn? Beers all all flowing, music playing while they golf, things of that nature. Like, let's try to relate this to the common man, um, and I think I, we'll yeah. drive attendance. Because, like you said, goal it's primetime golf. Like, you get home from work, <clears throat> four thirty, five o'clock. These guys are just teeing off. There's nothing better than that. Oh, I could, I could. I mean, it's four thirty. It came on first tee shot was at four thirty where I'm at. I mean, you can't beat that. I can watch from four thirty to eleven o'clock. Kids are 99% chance should be in bed, fingers crossed. This is prime time. Like you said, let's yuck it up. Let's make it a good time. Let's draw. Let's make it something that's fun. So um, I I definitely, I mean, hey, if uh, the PGA Tour wants our input, we'd be glad to give it to them. I doubt they do. But, uh, you know, like you said, let's let's make it relatable to everybody. (coughs) So, um. I guess we'll transition there after we've kind of gone over, you know, what we've got, what we're looking at, what the president's cup is, where we're playing. Let's all get down to who's playing in it. So to start, we're going to hit on the American team. Uh, You've got the big swinging Dick, big Dick Eldrick, Tiger Woods, captain and player number six in the world. He picks himself in the third person. He says, I will be select or Tiger Woods. He he third person selects himself. Uh, Tiger's coming off a hot start to the fall season. I guess you could say he wins the Zozo 82. Uh, He comes back at the hero world challenge and plays pretty well, pretty, pretty well. So he's, he's hot right now. Yeah. I would say the one 
Okay, so Tiger Woods uh, coming back down to earth last week at the Hero World Challenge, which I love. And I think a lot of us hackers out there can relate to this. You get a short par four, of course you're pulling off the big stick. You're going to let it fly. We didn't come here to lay up and, and hit safe shots. Woods lets it fly. What does he do? He pulls one left into the, into the sand waste area. How many of us can do that? I can do that for 18 holes straight. Um, so he gets up to his okay. ball. What does he do? He chunks one over the green, runner, past the green, down a little hill, right? Now, Cole, you know how this is. You're usually rattled by these, right? You and I, we, we, we're shaking after this happens. You've already hit two bad shot, shots in a row. You're just trying to get your third up onto the green. Now, the beauty here at the World, Hero World Challenge last week is he's got an uphill pitch to the green what does he do he leaves it short it rolls right back down to his feet and i'm, I'm laughing i'm sympathizing with the guy i've been in his shoes too many times uh, <laughs> and and there's no one that's a bigger tiger fan than me but it, it felt good to see him come down to life and you know he has a lot on his shoulders this weekend being both the captain and picking himself as a player so uh i'm looking forward to seeing his performance because all eyes around the world are on him yep i couldn't agree more uh, next up, I, we've got Mr. Dustin Johnson, a.k.a. Paulina's boy. Um, or, or I was just about to say, or <laughs> Mrs. Paulina Gretzky. Yeah, but continue. yeah, Mrs. Paul, the great one's son-in-law. Um, no, Thank Dustin you. Johnson, I mean, number five in the world. This guy, he's had game for years, sometimes putting it all together. He had a good stint as number one. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping for DJ to really step up into more of a leadership role. I know he's not a... Uh, a big talker, a big rah-rah guy. You've heard his monotone interviews. But the the Americans need a guy like him to step up underneath Woods to really give the direction and crack the whip a little bit. Couldn't agree more with you. The one thing I want to I want to say is keep an eye on DJ. He uh, withdrew from the hero last week with a – he was rehabbing an injury, so let's just keep an eye on that. And like it, was, said, he's, it wasn't a broken nose? I, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I cannot confirm. Just but I do not believe that was it. But, Great. again, keep an eye on him. Uh, next up, you have Matt Kuchar. Uh, he's been around. He's been around. He's a, he's a Skechers guy. That's all he, that needs to be said. He is a <laughs> Skechers guy. All right? He's dependable. He's the Volvo station wagon that your best friend's dad used to pick you up all the time in. That's Matt Kuchar. I expect Matt Kuchar-esque things. I very well stated with the Volvo line. I like that a lot. Uh, after that, we've got another, you know, suburban dad in Webb Simpson, <laughs> right? So any guy that's slinging five woods and seven woods and playing conservative golf, somehow he's ranked number 11 in the world. I have no idea how. Um, sneaky, sneaky number 11. Yeah, I did a double take when I read that one. Um, Webb Simpson, not a long guy by any means, but pretty straight and consistent doesn't do anything overly great, but really doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, yeah, he has experience. He's been a Ryder Cupper before. Um, so he knows what it's like to play in big pressure tournaments like these. Um, obviously, the President's Cup's a little bit different. Uh, but looking for him just to be slow and steady for us, a, a reliable guy to grab a handful of points. The other, the other good thing about Webb is with, him, with his distance not being up there like these young guys, uh, this course plays firm and fast. They say it's like bouncing a ball on, on concrete. So he should be able to bridge that gap just by getting a good run out. And he's a smart player, so he's going to use the course. He's, he's methodical. He's uh, tactical. So I think, he, I don't, I, I, like you said, he's consistent, and I think he's going to provide points. He's experienced. Next up, you have uh, – I don't. this guy's got too many nicknames now. He's got the professor. He's got, like, the baby Hulk, whatever else. We're, but Bryson DeCham- a bulked-up Bryson DeChambeau. This is one of my guys that I want to keep an eye on. I think that Bryson DeChambeau may be a liability on this team. Uh, he's put on 30 pounds in the last, what, two months? That's got to wreak havoc, on, havoc on, a, on a golf swing. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think he's definitely a liability for this team. Didn't have a great Ryder Cup showing. Um, I am not sure what to make of the mad scientist, baby Hulk, whatever you want to call him. But speaking of baby Hulks, Let's talk about a guy that is just a lot of a lot. Gary Woodland, right? Captain's pick, 17th uh, ranked in the world. I like this guy a lot. He is super long. He is very monotone. Doesn't show much emotion. I like his poker face. I think this guy can play. I don't like his outfit choices, and I hate that he's sponsored by Wilson because it just doesn't look good on his hat. Um, <laughs> but overall, I think he's, he's a difference maker for us. He's a guy that's new coming into the fold. Ready to win, focused on winning. Um, 
I don't know how much speaking he'll do, but um, let's see how long he can hit it. The, uh, the Gary Woodland, again, the guy, his name is Gary Woodland. He probably doesn't go by Gary or Woodland. It's Gary Woodland. That's his name. He's Gary Woodland. And he hits <laughs> some of the cleanest stingers you've ever seen. So also not going to knock Wilson. Hey, why be a big brand guy? Be a niche brand guy. I don't hate that. But Gary Woodland has a swagger. Look out for him. He's going to be here. I think Gary Woodland will be around for the next 15, 20 years. I think he's that good this early. He's mid-20s, late, mid to late 20s, early 30s maybe. He's going to be around. He's going to be a player. Absolutely. Next up, I'm going to preface this with we may lose some listeners after I say what I'm about to say. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Let it fly. Captain America, I am a, a – Patrick Reed fan. I hate I, – I'm saying it right now. You heard it here first. I'm a big-time Patrick Reed fan. I think Patrick Reed has all the shots in the book. The dude can play. He can play. He's got every shot. He's got the draw. He's got the fade. He's got the cut. He's got the hook. He's got the stinger. He's got the trap draw. He's got it all. The guy can play, and he's a competitor. And you know what? He's cocky, and I like that. Tiger's been cocky for how long now? And it's, that's, that's just Tiger. This is just Patrick. All right? That's what I'm going to leave it at that. Big Patrick Reed fan, guys, Captain America. These are the events he shows up with and plays his best in. Uh, we'll get into the other stuff involving Patrick Reed and the international players, but I'm telling you, you just filled his gas tank and he is ready to play. I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> nice, nice red, white, and blue scorching hot take right there for Captain America. Um, I will withhold my comments on Patrick Reed until later on. Um, next up, we've got <laughs> Justin Thomas, number four in the world. JT's been around the block. Uh, Kentucky boy, sponsored by Polo Ralph Lauren. I, I think this guy's... Hey, 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 hey. We, we also got to watch the free ads. We've yeah, got to watch the free ads. Shout-outs for the free ads. Uh, I think <laughs> he could be a big factor this week. Obviously, long off the TA, pretty consistent game. If he can, if he can get that putter hot, um, I think he's a top producer for us this weekend. Obviously, had it as well in the Hero last weekend, had a good showing. Uh, struggled a little bit on the back. Might have been because he was playing with Tiger. Um, but I think uh, him and Tiger should look to pair up nicely together and get some work done. All right, next up, we got the number nine player in the world, Xander Schauffele. Not a big, Not a big personality, but the guy is always – he's always there. You look on the leaderboard – Xander Shoffley is always on the board. Yeah. Um, I expect this is his first team event, I believe. Yeah, first team event. I expect big things out of him. He's like I said, he's a baller. The guy can play, so he's that he's that level headed. He's but he's a competitor, so I'm excited to see what he brings to the table this week. Absolutely. Um, after that, we've got Mr. Patrick Cantlay. Um, this guy has won twice on tour. He won the Memorial last year. Took down Adam Scott. So. They've got a little bit of history, which hopefully he can keep. Well, plus one America, continue. Yes, absolutely. We'll take that. Uh, Cantlay's got a little bit of everything to his game. He's kind of a little bit of an unknown when you look at the uh, United States team. I think he's probably a guy that's broke onto the scene the most recent. Um, it doesn't have the, the length and the history that a lot of these guys have, but Cantlay's an up-and-comer in the game. He's very much uh, the kid next door who picks up your – newspaper at the end of the driveway and brings it up onto your steps. Just an all-around nice guy. Looks very vanilla, generic. Uh, but I think uh, as a newbie, with not a lot of pressure on him, he should be able to produce. Using your analogy of him uh, picking up the newspaper, he then spends probably 10 to 15 minutes deciding which foot he wants to lead out stepping with. Guy <laughs> plays a little slow. That's going to be something to watch with. Uh, put him and Bryson together, we're all in trouble. I'm just going to throw that out there again. All right, and Cantlay's can't, can't the number seven player in the world, so oh, no. guy can play. Uh, next up, you have uh, Mr. Point Break himself, Utah, Tony Finau, number 16 in the world, captain's pick. Guy played great at the Ryder Cup. Uh, something about Tony Finau, you, you figure he's got to have more wins than he does. He's always there, and he, he never pulls the trigger on it, but he played great in the Ryder Cup. Great team event guy. Guy bombs it. Uh, I'm excited to see what Tony does. I think he continues on the streak of playing well in these team events, uh, carrying over from France last year. He was one of the, probably one of the stronger players we had on, on the USA Ryder Cup team. No, absolutely. And rounding out the bunch, um, big dick himself, Ricky Fowler. <laughs> 
He's actually going to be a, a fill-in for Brooks Kepka, who withdrew. I think Fowler must have been crisscrossing the globe with his new bride, Allison Stoke, and somehow got roped into this with his mullet. And I think uh, he's a guy who could actually explode this weekend, and that's because these greens are lightning fast, and his putter is usually pretty hot. Um, once again, he's, the I think, the low man uh, ranking-wise for – oh, no, besides Kucher. Um, not a lot expected out of him. Like I said, he's a fill-in pick. But I think Ricky knows what it takes to win in these, you know, sort of team-style, country, continent-style events. Um, looking for him to, to give us a little bit of a boost and start slaying some putts. I definitely agree. And it's, a, it's crazy to think that Ricky was a – Fill in. He's an alternate. He, he yeah. was, he's playing. It's crazy. You the Ricky Fowlers. You know you, that's he's a team guy, and then he fills in for Kepka. Um, so I'm excited to see what Ricky does. And like you said, guy's got a, a amazing, amazing putter. So it should play well on these fast greens here. Let's transition over to the international team. Uh, for most of you, us included, there's a lot of names out there that we're not really familiar with. And you know what? That's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing because these are the guys that are going to be coming up in the future. Um, the, the, you know, they're passing the baton. We're going to see a lot of these guys. And like you spoke of earlier, that Asian influence is starting to make its presence on the PGA Tour and in these international events. And it's pretty, it's pretty damn exciting, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll, we'll lead it off, right? We've got Ernie Els captaining this international side. The big easy. Yeah, the big easy. The smoothest swinger there ever was. I mean, this guy's. Uh, he's like six foot four, six foot five. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to be playing this weekend, but has had a phenomenal career, a uh, great leader of men. I think um, his smooth style, both golf and off the course, should bring a lot of calming presence to this young team. He's also got the history of going uh, up against Tiger. I mean, every time you look at a, at a what we're what we're going to call a vintage Tiger moment back from the the mid late nineties to the mid 2000s Ernie Els and VJ Singh are always there always so Absolutely. there's that there is that relationship between the two of them but I like you said I think Ernie's a great pick uh as a captain and, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do I know he's been trying to change the team atmosphere with the international players not being from one location he's trying to do some things to make a more team oriented which has always been a uh uh tough point to grow on in the past where how you know the Asian players aren't regularly hanging out with the Australian players or the Canadian players or the South American. He's trying to make it more of a team environment. So I'm excited to see what, what his leadership style is and what he brings to the table here. Absolutely. Next up, you've got uh, Hideki Matsuyama from Japan. Everybody knows Hideki with the sweet paws at the top. Uh, he was right there at the Zozo in his home country against Tiger. He's got five PGA Tour wins. Guy can play. I mean, he's definitely one of the power players on the international team. Uh, one of the bigger names and one of the guys that, you know, if he gets hot, watch out. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Matsuyama is definitely going to be a force for the international team. He's always raises hell uh, during tournaments. And like you said, won five times on tour. He, he knows what it takes. Uh, moving on. Wow, it's an honor to introduce this guy. I'm going to give you his birth name before I even tell you his real name. Birth name. Leduicus Theodorus. We're talking about King Louis himself, <laughs> straight out of South Africa, right? The guys won an open championship, uh, nine Euro Tour wins. Uh, the thing that's burned into my brain when I think about Louis, besides maybe the, the slight gap in his teeth and the UPS logo on his shirts, I think and about, uh, don't forget the don't forget the LeBron shooter sleeve. Oh yeah, the LeBron shooter sleeve too. I think about 2012 the masters he comes into the last round second hole is that you know that little downhill slight dog leg left par five and he rips one his second shot right downhill into this little green that's about the size and shape of a kidney bean lands it right on the front and the ball just starts rolling it rolls the entire length of the green dunks it for an albatross I've never seen anything like that, especially at a, at a course like the Masters where, you know, Augusta has such crazy undulation. The greens are lightning fast, and to do it on a Sunday is even more impressive. So uh, this guy's been around the block. He knows what it takes. And with a name like Leduicus Theodorus Ustazen, it's hard to root against him. <laughs> that is a, a gem of a, uh, of a find there right there. Great trivia question down the road. Next up for the internationals will be uh, Abraham Answer from Mexico. 
answer was originally born in McAllen, Texas, and uh, family moved back across the border into Mexico. Uh, he attended Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, if that's what you're into. Uh, I'm not personally, but I know that they're in the college football playoffs, so go Alabama. Uh, he's got one win on the Web.com tour and one win on the Australasia tour. Uh, I know he's got a sick flop game. I've seen a lot of stuff online of him. He he's, plays really well with the wedges. This guy's a young stud coming up. Uh, I mean, he, like you said, he could he could be a he could be a big time player here if you let him get hot and you underestimate him. He's number thirty nine in the world. He can do some damage in these events. Yeah, for sure. Um, following up with him, we've got Mister C T Pan from Taiwan. Interestingly enough, he attended the University of Washington. Was on the golf team there. Uh, he took down the twenty nineteen RBC Heritage at Harbor Town. I mean. Harbor Town is is just a gem of a golf course. So you got the candy cane striped lighthouse on eighteen. I mean, it's just it's a thing of beauty. Great place to win. He's won twice on the Canadian Tour. Um, he's a guy, like I said, don't know a ton about him. I've seen him pop in and out of tournaments. These guys have no pressure. Right, next up, we have Joaquin Neiman from Chile. He's got one PGA Tour win. He won the Greenbrier, which honor the Greenbrier military. Uh, I think it's Invitational there up in. Uh, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home. Uh, guy's been around for a little bit, relatively young player. Uh, he's putting Chile on the map as a uh, potential golf hotspot. You know, hitting, uh, I think they've got a, a little nine-hole pitch and putt course around, what is it, the, uh, the Andes or the Patagonias or whatever it is down there. So all joking aside, it's good to see Joaquin Neiman get an opportunity at such a young age to uh, put some stuff together here. Yeah, very nice of you to go from culturally sensitive by saying pronouncing it Chile to then just kind of dumping on the countries to talk about a nine-hole course in the mountains. Uh, but either way, moving on. Next up, we got Mr. Sung J M from South Korea. Uh, two nationwide tour wins, one-time winner on the Korean tour. This guy is a machine when it comes to playing tournaments. He's just cashing checks. He's ripping off $45,000 miscut fees. (laughs) I mean, he plays, I wish we had better statisticians on the podcast, but this guy plays a ton of tournaments. Um, We'll have to get you guys a number in a follow-up episode, but um, he's just a workhorse. And once again, a guy with very little pressure on him because he's not as well known as a lot of the other players from the international side. He's someone that could hop in there and and really surprised some of the uh, American players. I read an article, uh, I think it was, I want to say Golf Digest or Golf.com, guy doesn't own a house that has no residence, just goes from tournament to tournament to tournament playing and stays the week. Uh, so definitely look out for him. He's, he was a stud. I think he was the money winner on the, on the excuse me, the Corn Ferry Tour. He was the money winner last year. We've got to get that straight. Next up, you have... Let's call it what it is. He, he might be one of the better-looking guys on the PGA Tour. My wife has confirmed this. Uh, Adam Scott from Australia, 13 PGA Tour wins, 2013 Masters winner, 2004 Players' Championship. Guy's been in numerous President's Cup. He's got maybe the most fundamentally sound swing. I'm not a swing guru. I can't even figure my own out. But when I look at his, I say, yeah, that's that looks sweet. This guy's going to be a force. He's going to be one of the big – guys that are that they're leaning on the team is looking to australian he knows the course he knows the layout he's seen the pressure he's been in it i mean adam scott's proven he's a winner he's going to be dangerous he's going to be dangerous i think he can also act as kind of a mentor to these younger guys put him at ease show him the ropes so look out for him yeah and a lot of pressure on his shoulders but i think he'll definitely produce from their side um as well we've got a fellow australian mark leishman four-time winner on the pga tour uh, you watch this guy on TV. He looks like an absolute giant, but turns out he's only about six foot two. I would have said he was like six, five, six, six. Um, fun fact about him. Thanks to the good, fine people at Wikipedia. Uh, he actually has a residence or sets up his residence in Virginia beach, Virginia, which I would not consider to be anything close to a golf hotspot. Um, but I'm always curious how a guy from Australia finds his way to Virginia beach, Virginia. Um, Leishman, you know, from the home country, is going to have fans out there screaming his name. Um, he's definitely a big rah-rah momentum guy, I think, who will get the boys fired up. Um, so, I, you know, being, being from Australia, 
in the courses in Melbourne, like uh, he's he's got to be a fan favorite down there. I agree, and he uh, again no free ads, but he's the big eyes on. It's your dad's favorite golf wear, the big eyes on. <laughs> nice. uh, so you got in the la- I mean, rounding that out with the international, will be Hao Tong Lee from China. He's got two Euro Tour wins and uh, beat Rory by one at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic at the Emirates Golf Club in Dubai. Uh, crazy, or this is excuse me, we're not rounding it out. We've got a couple more guys, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, I can't say that I know a ton about him. Uh, but I mean, if he's sitting at, I think he's sitting at, what is it? Uh, the 65th player in the world, probably the, he's the lowest ranked player in the tournament this week. But again, like you said, he's got no pressure going into this. He has nothing to do, but Excel, you know, no one's expecting a lot. So look out for, I mean, how Tong Lee, I, I don't, I can't say look out for him. But again, the guy, he's just got to let himself get hot. Yeah, it's nice when there's no pressure on you, no expectations, and you can just kind of flourish. Um, rounding out the Australian contingent, uh, Mr. Cameron Smith. Um, he has won once on tour. I'm going to put an asterisk with that one win because it was at the Zurich. All right, so we know the Zurich Classic. He was paired up with uh, Swede Jonas Blixt. Um, everyone that's in the golf world knows about the Zurich classic, about the walk-up song. Sadly, uh, he won it in 2017. They hadn't had the walk-up songs yet. Those were added in 2018, but it begs a great question. You get paired up with someone, you get to choose the walk-up song. What are you going with on number one? Well, first off, if I pick my partner, because if my partner is Brent Snedeker, I'm picking Trick Daddy. Baby, because I'm a thug. If you don't know that song, look it up. Me and Brant, we're walking to the to the first tee, and we are dropping Love we are that. dropping bombs. What about yourself? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. You know, I was I was thinking. Obviously, like you like you mentioned, the picking of the partner really gets to dictate what kind of song uh, you're going to choose for this. Um, I think I would have to go with like a ACDC Hell's Bells type of situation to get everyone a little bit rattled. Um, but you'd need to, you know, fast forward a little bit to the better parts of the song, right? As I was about to tee off just for a moment. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, next up, you've got Adam Hadwin from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada. He's got one PGA tour win the 2017 Valspar. And this is his second President's Cup. Again, Adam Hadwin's a guy you hear, you hear his name. He's got game. He can do it. He's on the team. Again, he's got no pressure. All he's got to do is play his game, play to his strengths, and he can he can put some upset points up there. Yes, for sure. I represent Canada. Always good to have them involved in this. Uh, last guy on the international side is Mr. Byung-Hun An from Seoul, South Korea. Uh, he's won one time on the European tour, but his, his real claim to fame is he is the youngest ever U.S. amateur winner. He took it down at the age of 17. I mean, Asia is producing these guys that are absolute flawless machines. To win the U.S. Am at 17 years old is beyond impressive. Uh, another guy, haven't seen a ton of his golf, but with no expectations on hanging over his head or on his shoulders, this guy should flourish this weekend. He really can't lose. I want to try to remember what I was doing at 17, but winning a U.S. Amateur was not even close. I think I was happy that I, you know, I passed my driver's test six months earlier or something like Absolutely. that. This guy's <laughs> crazy. So that kind of rounds out what we got there. Like you said earlier, the international team is on paper, I think, three times worse than the U.S. The US team. So there's no pressure here. These guys, all they have to do is go out and play their game. The pressure's on America right now, on this on the lineup we, that we ran off for the American team. All the pressure's on them. The international players have to play their game. That's really what I think it boils down to. A lot of these unknown rookie players, I mean, they have no pressure, and they have credentials, and they have game to back it up. So it should be interesting. Uh, transitioning, like we spoke on the top, uh, Brooks Kepka has withdrawn or he withdrew from the president's cup. He's got a knee injury that he hurt uh, right before the Zozo championship, I believe it was. So uh, like we said, Ricky filled in for him and old Jason Day, Cleveland's second son. (laughs) Backed out. Uh, I think this was about a week and a half ago. He backed out. So uh, I don't know what your stance on it is. 
from everything that I've heard that I've been doing the research on this and, and hearing on here, Jason Day is kind of in the hot seat with Australia right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a humongous loss for the international team. Um, you know, the home, playing in front of the home crowd. This guy, he brings a great crowd wherever he goes, even in Cleveland. Um, you know, I think this is a huge loss for them, a huge loss for kind of the hype of the President's Cup. Um, I'm a huge Jason Day fan. He's been through quite a bit in his life, um, both from a young age and on the golf course. I know he's had lots of vertigo, back issues, family issues. Uh, hate to see him not being able to play in this on the home turf. But, um, you know, two big losses, right? Two huge names, Kepka and Day. Them not being there obviously takes away from the prestige of this tournament, but um, the show yes, must go and, on. And it would be it would be not the smartest thing to say that uh, Brooks Kepka is also the number one player in the world who's not playing this week. So it does hurt, but I, like I said, I still think our lineup is super stacked. Um, so after that, and we've kind of gone in a little bit about each one, uh, touched on touched on Tiger and, and, you know, that moment where he got knocked back down. But what do you, what do you, you know, what are you excited to see this week? Yeah, I think um, a couple guys that I'm looking forward to, you know, they're getting me a little bit amped. Obviously, Tiger's a huge draw every week that he plays. There's a ton of pressure on his shoulders, but he looked great last week. Hopefully, he can keep splitting fairways. Um, guys like Ricky Fowler, I think, could be a big difference maker. He's He kind of has that little brother syndrome. Like, he always wants to tag along, and it's like, all right, finally, we need one more guy. I guess you can play. Um, definitely has a chip on his shoulder, but like I said, he he can putt lights out, and with these fast screens, should be a huge factor. Um, the last guy I'm excited for is Utah Tony, pretty tone. I mean, the guy's a beast. I love, love, love his homemade, like kind of handcrafted, I don't give a fuck type swing. Something that a lot of us hackers out there can relate to. Uh, it, it's not the prettiest and it's very like laid back. Like I, I just really don't care, but I'm going to swing, but he also rips the ball and is uh, very consistent. So I think those three guys are, are really what I'm at. Uh, like I said, you? I am, I am. Super excited to see Patrick Reed out there and how he reacts to the all the all the hubbub that's around him right now. Uh, I also cannot wait to see uh, the Patrick Cantlay. The guy's got this game that he's just it's just slow. It's so slow, but it's like I want to see is this, is all the talk is all the hype is the number seven is he what he is uh, Gary Woodland. Let's see the Stinger game. Roll those things, baby. Let's go. And then I got a pull for my uh, for Justin Thomas. Kentucky boy went to uh, Alabama. Alabama has had a rough football year this year. But, I mean, I think Justin Thomas is going to be one of these young guys that's taken the role, the leadership. He's going to be around for a long time. Him, like you said, with DJ, need to step, you know, to take, step into that role next level. Who's going to be the, the, the leaders of these teams going forward? Um, on the- yeah, that's good. And, and t- tying into that, right, those are – you know, we're both definitely a little bit jacked up about some of the Americans, but who, uh, what do you think it for letdowns? Who's going to, who's going to you break your heart? Stole my week? thunder by saying jacked up to Shambo. Dude is a monster, really? but it's again, I'm thinking 30 pounds, three months with a swing that solely relies on staying on plane. It's, it's mechanical. How is that new body change? How is his new body dynamics? Is he going to be able to get the rotation? Is he going to be able to find the club in the slot? You've got to think this could be a liability, a big-time liability. guy played like shit in the Ryder Cup, if we're being honest. I'm not one to talk about playing like shit. But he did not perform. (laughs) So this guy is kind of a letdown. I know he qualified for the team. But, I mean, uh, he he makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, fair enough. I think uh, I would echo those sentiments with DeChambeau. I think, you know, the, the, the age-old question, is it wrong to be strong? Eh, yeah, in golf, I think it is. I don't think you need to be that bulky. Um, my guy for letdown is also the same guy I'm excited for this week. I think Tiger Woods has so much on his shoulders and on his plate, right? You're the captain. You named yourself a player. Um, you know, if he goes out there and beats everyone – that's just normal. But the moment he loses to someone, whether in a team match or in singles, you know, the noise, the, the peanut gallery is going to start chiming up. And um, I, I just think he's in a very vulnerable, risky place. But, you know, 
he's the greatest golfer to ever walk the face of the earth. So I'm hoping he can, he can live up All to right. that building this week. We've gone through everybody that, that is playing and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Ricky Fowler is everybody's little brother. Everybody's little brother with the sweet home improvement haircut right now going on circa, circa 94. <laughs> but who's not here that you were yeah. surprised is not on this, on this lineup? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, just I think the internationals did a great job picking their lineup. Uh, obviously, their the criteria they have to select from is a little bit more difficult um, just because there's so many Europeans dominating the world golf rankings. Uh, the big name that I think uh, I would have liked to have seen is Kevin Ooh. Na. Um, yeah, talk mm-hmm. about guys that play slow and could lull uh, the internationals to sleep. I think Kevin Na had a phenomenal year last year. I don't know how liked he actually is on the tour. I think people like him, but it's hard to tell. Um, I think he'd be a guy that would play well in these types of situations. Very um, thoughtful, slow playing guy takes his time, kind of lulls you to sleep and um, is a very consistent golfer. So he's a huge snub, probably the biggest one in my, I mean, I don't know if he's the biggest one. I think it it is a big change to not see, Jordan Spieth in the red, white, and blue for any team event. He's been such a staple for Team USA in these type of events, and he's had a rough year. Um, you know, statistically, he hasn't won a lot. He's he's had to come from the bottom of the leaderboard trying to make a run late in the in the tournament. So I think it's interesting that you don't see Jordan Spieth on this team. I mean, this again we've talked about is a special environment. It's not a traditional Thursday to Sunday stroke play event. This is a team event, and he has been. Very successful in him, so I think it's a big, uh, it's a kind of a big deal to not see him on there. The other one is Mr. Kevin Kisner. I think Kevin Kisner in the previous, uh. the 2017 Ryder Cup or President's Cup was a great player. He was a great teammate. I mean, everyone speaks highly of him. I think he played very well all year. He won down there at the WGC uh, match play event down in uh, Texas this past year. Guy loves match play, and I, again, he's he's well liked. He was he was praised for his team first attitude in uh, the 2017 Presidents Cup. So I think it's interesting to not see him on the list. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I wasn't even thinking about Kisner. Um, yeah, definitely a few snubs. Obviously, it's it's difficult being the captain, kind of making those picks. Who's uh, you know, who's your money on? Who's who's your key guy this weekend for both for both sides? Right? Who's Who's the glue guy that either writes or wrongs? I think shit? for the Americans, I think a lot, and it's unfair to say this, but I think every a lot of it's going to ride on uh, Tiger Woods. Again, if he starts, if he doesn't come out hot or he doesn't play well, how's that going to affect him on uh, as a captain? How's it going to affect the perception of him? Like you said, he's you know if he plays well and he wins, great. That's what he's expected to do. If he doesn't, everyone's going to second guess. Well, should you have been a captain and a player? Did you put too much on your plate? So I think a key is for him to just to, to do it moderately. You don't have to play every day. You don't have to play every match. You've got a very, very capable team. Play where you feel comfortable. Set the tone. If you're not feeling it, don't be too big for the situation. So I definitely think that that's a key. And for the international team, Adam Scott. I mean, Adam Scott is the elder statesman of the President's Cup team. The guy's been there forever. He's expected to perform home, you know, the home country. He's going to put on a show. He's been a little vocal about he wants the support. He wants to hear the cheer, cheers. You know, everything kind of runs off him. He's the, he's the cog there. So I think he's a big key for the uh, international team. Yeah, two good picks right there. I would uh, just add on, I think I mentioned it earlier, I think for the Americans, it's DJ. DJ is going to be the guy that needs to set the tone. Obviously, Tiger is the captain. I think DJ is the guy that's got to go out and get us our points. Um, from an international perspective, I think, uh, you know, obviously the, the guys in their home country, Scott definitely has probably the most pressure on his shoulders right now. But I think the, the, the glue guy for them is going to be Matsuyama. Um, he's a killer, right? Heavy hitter. Um, I think he can come in and, and start to kill some of the American dreams. Um, but, you know, it, we'll, we'll have to see what happens this All week. All right, give Matsuyama. me – one dream pairing, whether it be whether it be a four oh, ball, man. foursome, singles match. Let me get one dream pairing you'd like to see. Yeah, this is uh, this is a good one. I think you know, I'm a hacker, right? 
I love to see guys draining putts. I love to see guys chipping in, hitting good iron shots. But really, I love to see guys letting it rip off the tee. So give me Gary Woodland against Byung Hun An. Two guys known for their driving prowess. I want to see the ball flying down in the Southern Hemisphere, right? We're talking about drives landing at 330, 340 just due to the gravitational constant of the earth, and they're rolling out another 30, 40 yards. I want to see the long ball. I hope it's baked out down there in Melbourne. Um, that would be a, a Sunday singles pairing that I would love to see. What about you? My, uh, my dream right now, and I, it's, I'm going to kind of segue into another topic here, is uh, I want to see the Marvel matchup. I want to see Patrick, Captain American, America Reed versus Cameron, the Red Skull Smith. Uh, Cameron Smith has been rather <laughs> vocal in his first ever President's Cup about how he has no respect for cheaters, and he thinks that Patrick Reed's explanation for the incident that occurred that we will touch on here momentarily down at the hero world challenge. His explanation is bullshit. Uh, Patrick Reed responded with it's now becoming a personal attack and it's getting personal. So in recap, uh, Patrick Reed hit his ball into a waste area. Uh, there is video out there online. Not a good look for him. Not going to lie. Big. I like Patrick Reed. Not a good look though. Uh, he's seen bringing his club back and kind of sweeping away sand. Um, trying to, I guess, improve his line, make it easier to get an attack on the ball. He was assessed a two-stroke penalty. So, I mean, it's not a good look, but for Cameron Smith, whoever Cameron Smith is, again, it sounds like a Jeopardy game. Who is Cameron Smith? I mean, that's what we're doing here. Uh, for him to come out and say it, I would love to see that Sunday morning. I want to see that. And, I, and it would be great if it was worth something, like if it was worth some points, if it was worth a win or something like that. So that's my dream pairing right there. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I mean, that was that's a becoming a heated rival, rivalry for this weekend, um, and I think it'd be amazing to see them in Sunday singles. Who's a you know that's your dream pairing? Who's Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau because I, I it's just gonna be it's gonna be a little too slow for me. <laughs> that's that's gonna be a little too slow. Also, I think they're both big time thinkers, big time kind of they take the science of the game. They're looking at the angles. They're you know. I don't want to say second guessing themselves, but they're trying to break down so much information that it just draws on the, the process. I don't think that's a good pair, especially putting them together. They'll feed off one another, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't that's not one I want to see. Yeah, that's understandable. That would just be a lot of wasted time. I think, uh, you know, from my nightmare scenario, I'm picturing, you know, and I, I don't have kids personally, but people that have kids, you know, you're dropping your kids off at school. You're waiting in that kind of line, the queue of cars to pick up your kids or drop them off. There's always those dads that step out of the car, right? The guys with the with the pleated khakis with their shirts tucked in and the, and the waist is up a little bit too high. Maybe some like bad checkered or flannel shirt on with a geeky smile, cleanly shaved, um, definitely holding some sort of mug or container <laughs> of coffee. Maybe, maybe it's even branded. Um, I'm picturing that. And you know who I think of? I think of Matt Kuchar and Webb Simpson. There's just too much dad going on between those two guys, right? They both look like wholesome. I'm sure they're great fathers, um, but I, I just can't have that much geeky dad Don't, in one day. I mean, as a dad, I, I mildly take offense to that, but I understand what you're saying. Again, Kuchar's a sketchers, man. That's all that needs to be said. He's there for the comfort, baby. He's going to, like you said, when he's driving out the queue line, he waves to everybody. He might as well hang that hand out the window because <laughs> exactly. he's waving at everybody. Um, another, another, I guess he is. Again, I have a fear that one of these young international players is going to get hot this week. It's, 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 Gonna ha it happens every year. You got the the Mollywood where the Fleetwood and the Molinari got hot out of nowhere last year at the Ryder Cup. Uh, get one of these young hot kids and pair him up against Tiger and let him take Tiger down, and we have a international incident on our hand because that is going to be a big momentum change if one of these young kids even steps up to Tiger and puts a little fear in Tiger's heart. So that's a definite nightmare. Yeah, for sure. I. I would echo that. I think that these young guns have nothing to lose from their side. Tiger has everything to lose um, and nothing to gain. So it, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see who he, how, how he winds up from a Sunday pairing perspective. Hopefully I would love to see it maybe like a tiger, Adam Scott, sort of like classic, but um, yeah, it is what it is. I think 
we can kind of push on there and talk a little bit about uh, some of the storylines that have been leading up to this week, right? There's been a lot of chatter. The golf, the golf Twitter world is hot with headlines, right? You've got things like, you know, Adam Scott, local guy coming out and talking about uh, how he's, he'd be upset if uh, people were cheering for Tiger, right? You've got, you know, all this controversy around Reed. What, what have you been following closely and what's really like piquing your interest? I know yeah. you're a Captain America guy, so let those, let, let the, so the, the Patrick Reed again is not a good look. It's not a good look. I can't defend it. Do I think he's cheating? I mean, by the, uh, maybe by the definition of the word cheating. Yes. Do I think he was doing something that happens more than we get to see on TV where, you know, I, I do. Do I think that have I ever foot wedged it? I would be lying to you if I told you I have not. I was, I was just about to say, let's preface this yeah. with our listeners. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a hacker. Get off your high horse. Don't act like you've never done Exactly. Before. Now, that's obviously, obviously saying we're amateurs. We're not professionals. But to, to be so shocked and amazed by this, eh, Exactly. And, and I get it. They're playing for money. I get it. They're, I mean, once you're labeled a cheater in the world of golf, that's what you are. It's like if I say Matt Kuchar, besides, besides dad, what else do you think of? Oh, Kuchar, I think uh, exactly. Not a I mean, this stuff sticks with you guys. Guy's a sketches guy, a Volvo guy, and he doesn't tip. So, yeah, I guess it is very daddish of him to not want to tip. But we've all seen it again. Yeah. He got assessed the penalty. And you know what? Karma might be real because he lost the tournament by two strokes. The two-stroke penalty, he lost by two. But to have people like uh, Mark Leishman, the IZOD man, come out and say something about it, how you know, he thinks it's, it's uh, BS – uh, to have Cameron Smith again, who the hell is Cameron Smith? <laughs> All right. To come out and to start yeah, calling people out. Point. Like, I mean, Patrick Reed. Yeah. He, I think, I think he plays a role. He plays a character. I think he, he yucks it up. He, he creates a little bit of controversy. Yes. He says dumb stuff all the time, but we all do. And it's, I think it's great for the thing, but there is a lot of banter between these two. And I think that Patrick's going to hear a lot of a uh, chatter from the Australian fans, rightfully so, as he deserves it. But I think that Patrick Reed is one of those guys that once you start chirping him, he just puts it away and puts it away. It's that that uh, bulletin board material to him, right? You're filling his tank. You're giving him gas to go. So I think you're, it's a double-edged sword here. I don't agree with what he did. I do not. But to come out and try to publicly humiliate the guy, I mean, you you just put fire in his belly. So I hope you're ready for it. Yeah, very well said. I think that's been a dominating storyline. The only other thing I would add from, uh, you know, what I'm interested in is, you know, there's been a lot of uh, vocal uh, opponents, right, of, of, of Patrick Reed. There's been the international players, uh, specifically Adam Scott, calling out Tiger. I'm curious, what does Big Earn think, right? Ernie Els is running the ship here. And, yes, that is a Big Earn shout-out to all the uh, Kingpin fans <laughs> for Ernie McCracken. But, um I'm curious to know, like, he's, a, he's such a smooth, calm, cool, collected guy. Is he just thinking, I wish these guys would shut up? Or is he okay with what's going on? Now, I would imagine he probably wants his guys to tone it down because, you know, they're already up against a, a pretty gigantic task. Um, but I'd be curious to know what his thoughts are and if he'll kind of lead in or, or, or give his thoughts throughout some of the press conferences. I agree. I, I, I kind of am looking at it this way in another, in another scope is that all this chatter, you're building that camaraderie. You're building that shared fight, right? Like, hey, let's talk a little smack. Let's get it going. It seems to be a little bit of buildup for these President's Cup. There usually is a little bit of chatter. So, again, but, I mean, Big Earn is the, the Big Easy is a smooth operator. He does not mess around. He's very to the point. So we have run long here. Let me get your, uh, let me get your prediction here. What do you think? How do you think this ends up? Yeah, I mean, history, I'm a numbers guy, right? So, we, as we mentioned, the U.S. is 10-1-1. One one. Um, we've lost once. We've tied once. Uh, there's no reason to pick against them. I think we've got a loaded lineup. Um, I do fear, you know, some of these international players that have nothing to lose coming out and knocking off a couple of our big dogs. Um, but in the end, I'm, I'm rolling with the United States here. I think this should be a pretty easy I, win. How you know, I, I want to play the heel. I want to play the devil's advocate, but I just don't see it. I think on paper – we're too strong. Uh, we, we've got too many good players. I think I think this one's over early, to be honest with you. I think maybe the second or third pairing of singles on Sunday, I think this thing's over. 
So, and I, I fu- fully expect the USA to run away with this one. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think there's any question. Right? Like you said, the, the numbers back it up. It'd be fun to be the heel to pick against them. But, uh, you know, if we're gambling men, we're exactly. going with the USA, States. USA. So that kind of wraps up our episode here. And we thank you for bearing with us. This one went long. Uh, we're, we're learning. If you have feedback, hit us up. You can find us on Instagram at Chasing Par Podcast. We put out content. We let you communicate, you know, look, send us show recommendations. We want it all. Slide into our DMs. Uh, well, let's prep. Don't like slide in more like, like cannonball in. So I know that you're coming and I'm not super surprised by it. Uh, but yeah, sliding in, let's not get creepy. <laughs> but again, you can check us out at chasing par podcast on Instagram. Keep an eye out there. We're looking to add more stuff as we progress through. Uh, we're hoping to shoot for about one podcast a week. Uh, we're going to produce content. Let's, I mean, we're both here now. Uh, you're up in the Northeast. I'm in the Mid-South, not all the way south. So it's still a little chilly out. We're going to try and produce some content and make stuff happen. But, uh, you know, hit us up. Give us a follow. And we'd love to hear from you all. So thanks for rolling with us. We appreciate it. And uh, we want to wish you the best endeavors in uh, chasing par. Yeah, keep chasing. All right, it. have a good one.